Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Today on the show... Want to just understand with the investor and whoever that is, you know, uh, uh, what stage of life and what you're trying to accomplish with real estate. Is it long-term wealth? Are you looking to generate passive income uh, short-term? Are you looking for income replacement? How much time do you have to put towards it? That's a that's a key factor. Are you going to be self-managing? Are you going to bring in a property manager, right? So once we understand that picture, you know, we say, okay, well, here's the the investment requirement. Here's the cash flow numbers based on actual live results that are in the marketplace. Three themes I hear on my consultations on a continuous basis. Where do I invest? What type of property do I invest? And where are the up and coming markets? That is what we're going to talk about in this upcoming video and podcast episode. Hey, everybody, I'm Russell Westcott. I help real estate investors like you start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. So I've been on the online forums and and uh, Facebook groups and things like that. And a lot of people have been asking about this little place called Edmonton in Northern Alberta. What's going on in Edmonton? They've heard some rumors. What's going on in Edmonton? What's, uh, what's the up and coming? What's the market? What's the next market to invest my money into? Uh, that's the market I personally invest my capital into, and I help a lot of people invest in that market as well. So there was a theme that was coming up in a lot of the consultations I was having as people wanted some information about Edmonton. So that's why I decided to reach out to one of my most trusted friends and one of the most knowledgeable people I know on Edmonton real estate market, and that's Jason Mattern. Jason and I go way back, and we tell a little bit of the story about how far we go back in this episode, but we dived into some pretty big topics. The title of this topic is Why Edmonton? Why Now? We talk about types of uh, investment opportunities. We talk about some of the economic fundamentals. He actually has boots on the ground and he's actually talking to the people that are making the decisions. He's out there driving the areas to go talk to the developers. He's talking to the builders. He actually has his finger really on the pulse of what's going on in the marketplace. So that's why I wanted to bring this conversation to you. So if you are interested in investing in Edmonton, Alberta, and taking a look at this opportunity that's there, this is a conversation that you will want to dive into. Plus, make sure you stick around right to the very end as there is an opportunity for you. If you are interested in this market, there's an opportunity for you to take the next step forward if you're interested in taking a look at this wonderful uh, market opportunity. Okay, I could go on and on, but this is an incredible look into a marketplace that I firmly believe is an up-and-comer. And if you are interested in taking a look at that, stick around right to the end. Okay, guys, bye for now. Hey guys, how's it going? So welcome to this recording. So this will be pre-recorded. So if you are watching this, just understand that we're not live. Um, but there's going to be a tremendous amount of information we're going to go through here. So I'm going to set this up with a little context with two, two quick stories. So story number one is a tale of education and action. Okay, I'm a firm believer that you need to be educated, you need to take lots of education, but the best education you will ever take will be by doing, will be by actually acquiring a property, will be by buying the property. Quick story, one of my clients, he was for three years, was reading all the books, 
attending all the seminars, going to all the webinars. He was educating and learning and learning and learning. Finally, um, when I was working with him, I finally, you know, got him off the sideline and got him into writing an offer. I introduced him to my guest here today. And within, um, you know, maybe within a month to two months, he had written an offer and he was going through the process and his property is closing this coming summer. Um, he said something to me and he said, look, Russ, in the last three to four months, I've learned more about real estate investing by doing than I did in three years prior. So action over education. So that's number one. Number two story and context for this is I've been getting a tremendous amount of people asking questions about what's going on in Edmonton. They've seen maybe some research or some preliminary and lots of people looking over the borders. You know, most people in Alberta don't understand what's going on there or, or don't want to get involved. But a lot of people from out of the province are looking over the, over the borders. And what I wanted to do is, you know, one of the things you wanted to do is get good boots on the ground in Edmonton to be able to help you move forward. So this is the best boots on the ground that I know. And instead of having conversations with 100 of you one on one, decided to do this recording and then distribute this message out to anybody who's looking into Edmonton. So with all that preamble, let's welcome my guest today here, Jason Mattern. How are you doing today, brother? Hi, Russ. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Jason, why so formal? Well, you know what? We'll relax as we get moving on here, I think, right? It's not too often I get uh, the audience of Russell Westcott and, and, and his tribe to, uh, to talk in front of. Oh, jeez. Jay, you're, 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 you know, you're buttering my biscuit. You'll get <laughs> wherever you go, right? <laughs> uh, so, guys, this is one of my best friends. This is probably one of my trusted real estate advisors. I met Jay. She's... Uh, I'm going to probably be started showing my age. It was probably 18 or 19 years ago now. Um, was it, it was Joey's on, on, um, on Jasper. The and, original scene of the crime. Yeah. And that was our first time we ever met. And since then, Jay, I've transacted probably about 80 or 90% of all my tr properties through Jason. He has been my number one go-to property source in, in the Edmonton marketplace. And, uh, you know, to, to the point of being a good friend, he was at my wedding. He was standing beside me as one of my best men at the wedding. So that's the kind of relationship you want to have with a good property source is you want to invite him to your wedding. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, Jay, for sure. before we dive into it, and I know we don't want to, you know, we could sit here and reminisce and tell stories till the cows came home. But maybe for people that aren't, don't know who you are, can you just give people a little quick snapshot of who Jason Mattern is, some of your background, maybe some of your experience and what you specialize in? Sure, sure. Well, who I am and, and business-wise is, is, is a lot of the same. I think myself, I'm, I'm just a regular Joe. I mean, I, uh, I'll, I'll use the term as probably about as redneck as they come. Uh, you know, grew up in a small town and just have a lot of those old small town values that have followed me through life. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm a, I'm a go-getter. I, you know, a deal hound, you know, sniffing the deal out, uh, you know, and, uh, I, th I think executing is, is the key ingredient, you know, and, and a lot of gut sense goes with that. A lot of street smarts. And, you know, what we do with real estate investing is not rocket science. It's bricks, mortar. It's, it's uh, you know, figuring out, uh, getting some key information and going with that gut sense. We can, as you alluded to in the, in the, in the, in the preamble, 
you can look at deals and deals and deals and deals, but until you actually dive in and go through the process and make some mistakes, I am a strong believer that if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not trying hard enough. Uh, you know, and I relay that into my family life. Uh, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I got two kids, I'm a hockey coach. Uh, I love riding quads. Uh, you know, I love antique tractors. I think people that get to know me know that me and John Deere Green uh, go hand in hand. And, and uh, you know, just at the end of the day, just a, a regular Joe, uh, really in a, in a situation where, you know, again, dating myself, I've been doing this for 20 years now and uh, specializing in a, in, a, in a certain area. And I have a lot to give back, Russ. It's, it's time to do that, right? Yeah. Wow. Do you ever... Uh... It's not a little surreal when you say 20 years of doing this? Well, I'm looking at your beard and I'm looking at my beard in the camera and there's a lot of gray going on there. There was more hairline from you yeah. when we first met. Oh, yeah, a lot more hair. But, you know, it's hanging around you. You're, you're literally rubbing off on me here, uh, right? Yeah, we don't, mm. we don't cut our hair anymore. We just get a fresh towel. Right. <laughs> it's easy to take care of. That's all I got to say about that. So, so you, yeah. you suffice it to say, you know, Edmonton, like the back of your hand, you're in it on a day to day basis. Like every day, this is your full time gig is real estate. Um, you're a realtor, you own your own brokerage, you're in it. Are you a real estate investor yourself? 100%. That's uh, probably how I got into this, Russ. I mean, winding the clock back, uh, you know, I was looking for that you know, real estate agent and person that, you know, could, you know, A, find deals and present deals and, you know, deals that made sense, not because they were a nice corner lot or had a nice tree in the front yard or just because they wanted to sell something. As an investor, you need information, right? And I think when you work with someone that knows where to source that information and knows what information you need and can sit and understand what you're trying to achieve with real estate, whether that be long-term wealth, quick flips, whatever, it just makes it so much easier for you as the investor to make decisions and make informed decisions. Right. So, and that's how I got into this, right. As an investor, I couldn't find that person. And, you know, I just went and did the course and the licensing and did everything. And it's, it's kind of blossomed into you know, a full-blown business model. Yeah, and you 100% focus on investor clients. 100%. Yeah. Now, I yeah. know you, you'll you sell a, a odd personal residence, but but what would I would say like 98% of your transactions are, are investment properties? Well, I think like anything else, you have to focus. You have yeah. to specialize in, in what you do and get good at it. And, uh, you know, it's not that we won't help people. Of course we sell. If we've got investor clients that have family or friends or I have family and friends that need help, of, of course, a real estate transaction is a real estate transaction, but it's the, it's the information on the front end. And I think even looking at our website and stuff, you see, we specialize in not only investment in real estate, but taking it one layer further and specializing in, in new construction with investment real estate. Yeah. And, and we're definitely going to dive, park that for a second. We're going to dive into that on why that is a good opportunity, especially why in Edmonton. So really the title of our presentation um, is why Edmonton, why now? That's really the conversation we're going to have, but I just want to complete the, complete the loop of your experience. Now, one of the things guys is, when you're looking for a representative, a realtor to represent your interest, you want somebody who's done it multiple times. You want an expert who's done this. Jason, over 20 years, to the best of your knowledge, how many transactions have you facilitated for investors? Uh, I don't have that exact number, Russ, but we've got to, yeah, we've got to be around that 1800 mark. 
Right. So, yeah. you know, coming and, on and that's to probably 2000. give or take a hundred yeah. because yeah. I was keeping track of it years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just, a uh, you know, a snowball effect, right? Yeah. It keeps going. So suffice it to say, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, what makes an investor tick, you know, what investors are looking for, you know, what's a good product and a bad product. And first of all, you're an investor yourself, but you've also transacted so many properties that you just know what investors are looking for. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I think it's like anything else, Russ. Again, you you know, if you're going for, you know, a root canal, you want to go to a, the guy that does a lot of them and, <laughs> and knows, you know, and and you know, I don't want to use the term "do it with your eyes closed," but you you know, if <laughs> if you run into a issues, <laughs> yeah, at a root canal. But listen, in in this business, you're going to run into issues and objections and all of the above and hiccups and road bumps and setbacks and you know, you're going to have a lot of positive out of it as well. But, you know, when you're faced with those on a daily basis, you learn how to negotiate around them. And I think that's overall the experience, not saying I'm any better or do it better than anyone else. It's just that old wily experience of when you get faced with these and these challenges and you learn from them, key ingredient, you know, you learn how to maneuver around them. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this, you learn how to keep an even keel. You know, 15, 20 years ago, man, when I first started doing this, holy cow, my blood pressure, I'm sure, you know, zipped up and down daily. And, you know, and now, you know, I don't want to, it's another day at the office. You know, this stuff happens, you deal with it, and you move on. And if I can help keep people calm throughout these transactions and and and, and represent airtight transactions for them, that's that's what we do. Yep. Yep. And and so let's just jump. Are you okay if we jump right into the deep end here, Jay? Dive in. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So the biggest question that people will ask and people want to know is, you know, I could use a, a colorful language here if I wanted to, but, you know, let's let's keep it PG, right? So so really, Jay, the number one question to Zur is what's going on in Edmonton? Like, and I know that's a big, broad question, but here's the key thing is you want to go to credible sources, boots on the ground, and people that are in the market on a day-to-day -day basis. So let's just jump right into it. Jay, if you could give a, a really short uh, a synopsis of, say, short-term, medium-term, long-term of your best um, summary of what's happening in Edmonton right now. Right. Okay. Well, And, we'll, and, again, and we're going to use this as a starting point, and then the conversation will just go from there, okay? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Edmonton has been lying flat for years. And if you're looking at peak markets across Canada, our last peak market was September of 2007 was our peak market here. We have never recaptured that. And, you know, it's we've 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 gone downhill in the last you know five six years we've been sitting flat so really it, it's been a flat market the you know the you know the government uh whether it's right or wrong has definitely made some changes you know the previous government made some changes so you know uh alberta's been beat up russ i don't want to sugarcoat it uh it's it's has not been in a great capital appreciation position for several years now that's and, in the past you know right I, yeah, the, the past several years, yes. sorry. And, you know, looking forward, you know, I think, you know, the moons are aligning for a next Alberta boom. I'll say that early and I can elaborate on that as we get moving, you know, but there's certainly some things that are happening on the ground here that people don't know about and real estate investors should know about. You know, and these are things, and when I look at the headlines, I'm no different than anyone else. You're scrolling through the feeds and the news and you're watching the news on TV and it's a lot of doom and gloom. 
you know, the coronavirus uh, has taken over and, you know, uh, and then on top of that, you're looking at national forecasts like CMHC, where they're predicting a price drop of nine to 18%. You know, I've got my own opinion on that. And if we've got time, I can certainly share that of where we're at in Edmonton and if that will happen here, you know, but what I can do and what I would 100% offer to do is be transparent with everyone today and just share, you know, the information that I retrieve. I go digging for it because, again, real estate investment is not rocket science. We're trying to find the right property in the right area to place the right tenant in it. And, you know, to do that, we're, we're looking for jobs, we're looking for growth, we're looking for commercial amenities, and knowing where those are coming in the future and making sure that those are coming and looking at our industry outside of real estate, where, where are the jobs coming from? Are they oil and gas? Are they diversified into other sectors? Where are they coming from? And understanding that, we can, you know, I'm not, probably not accurately forecast, but we can have a pretty good indication of where the jobs and where the people are coming. Yeah, yeah. So, so really, you're 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 scouring for unconventional sources, really, like like truly, you know, out driving out and smelling and stiff sniffing the dirt and kicking the dirt and talking to the the people that are in the decision makers. Are you not? Well, we do a lot of that. That's you know, that's my favorite thing to do is hop in the F one fifty and and go on tour and and you know, driving around parcels of land that are literally farmland that are on the radar for development. And and not only that, you're, you're looking, you know, past that into, you know, commercial developments. You're looking into the city of Edmonton uh, planning and development. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, plans 50 years out if you want to look at uh, what they're planning for infrastructure and transportation and such. So, you know, and on top of that, there's no secret oil and gas is a large driver here in Alberta. And, you know, uh, politically, it hasn't been able to get to market. I think I use the word politically because I think it's been a lot of political positioning. But uh, I, I think, as I alluded to, the moons are aligning to get our product to market with some uh, key pipeline projects that are undergo. They're not completed yet, but they are undergo i've literally gone out and taken photos of these things and my rubber boots you know getting on the underground and 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 just to show people that you know these things are moving forward but yep now overall we take all that information russ and yep. you know give it to real estate investors and and you know at the end of the day they're going to make their own opinion and own uh, call on it right okay now without naming names or, or any of that kind of stuff in a good way, what what have some of the unconventional sources and people that you've talked to, you know, quote unquote, I would almost call them insiders in certain respect. Uh, yeah. What have they been telling you? Yeah, well, I can tell from two, you know, specific uh, initiatives or, or, or views that I look at. And, and one is our oil and gas industry. I mean, I'm always following that. If you follow me on social media, I'm always interested in, in learning what, you know, the oil and gas sector is up to because it is a huge part of our economy here. Uh, you know, and it's a large part of the Canadian economy, let's face it. Uh, you know, so talking with some of the key engineers in the oil sands development, in the pipeline initiatives, they're actually preparing for labor shortages already. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, and that that's, was that's a little it, it, counterintuitive, Jason, to what's being reported. It's a little counterintuitive, and they're preparing for labor shortages coming late 2021. So if you're, if you're, and then whether that date is right or wrong, you know, I don't know, but I can tell you the, the individuals that I have discussed with, you know, they're on the inside, they work for some of these large companies. They're, 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 they're in it. 
they're planning projects already, not planning for us. These projects are underway in, you know, the industrial heartland here, just outside of Edmonton and then Hardesty, Alberta, the two hubs for the Keystone XL pipeline and the Trans Mountain pipeline. You know, there's major initiatives on the go to be able when, when the pipelines are open and ready, you know, that we can load this with product and, and start making it efficient and start profiting from it. It's all happening right now. But again, no one ever sees this stuff in the news headlines. Yeah. The so, other aspect I'll touch on yeah, is, is, is land. You know, the, 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 the overall land development in the greater Edmonton area, the, the, the new construction, you know, if you will, of looking at, uh, you know, the available inventory that are out there, the, what the builders are sitting on and the developers, what they're sitting on, what they're sitting on as far as service land and what they're sitting on, you know, as development land and, and, and kind of looking at that gap. And my call is on that. And uh, again, I'll full disclosure, the batteries run out in my crystal ball a few years ago, but you know, uh, all indicators, <laughs> you got one of those uh, battery you know, operated ones, do you? <laughs> and it's not a solar one either. Yeah. yeah. But it uh, all indicators and discussions I've had is, you know, people in the new construction industry are preparing for some service lot shortages by this time next year. So and why, why would that be, Jay? Well, I, I think if you understand the process of how the whole new construction thing works, of how and when the developers develop land, when the builders buy, you know, uh, in lot draws and, you know, how they, uh, you know, develop their, their communities and sell their communities out. And it's all driven on sales. It's, it's no secret. You know, the, the builders buy lots uh, typically before the land is developed. You know, uh, the developers will get a commitment from builders. So builders want a commitment, you know, if they can from sales. And, and this is where we work with, you know, the developers and builders direct, you know, to get, you know, our investors in early. So to, to circle back and answer that question, you know, the developers are the ones that kind of hold the valve, if you will, on the, on the developable, uh, uh, development land, you know, and if they want to increase demand one easy way to do that is cut off the supply for a year or two especially when you look at where we have been you know the past couple of years like last year especially russ there was an outstanding number of spec inventory sitting out there with builders builders and developers went crazy there was a lot of building and the product wasn't selling off the front lines and then we've seen the new construction prices you know drop uh, you know, and we can touch on that a little bit later where I think the prices are, where they're going with new construction. But it, uh, if the developers aren't producing land, the builders aren't able to build and people are not able to buy new construction. Right. So what you're kind of seeing on the ground is that there could be a shortage of good serviceable land to build new houses on, which will be a low supply. And if the demand starts picking up, they're, they, they're going to be playing catch up. Yeah. Now, I, I think later this fall, we should have another chat on this because yeah. as we see what the developers that look at, we're in Edmonton, we got this old man winter shows up on our doorstep every year and we get, you know, but, but where we're at today, the, the frost is out of the ground now and we've been getting a lot of rain, but you know, the, the developers are able to get in there and, and develop land and service it, you know, deep services, shallow services and, and get this stuff ready. What is ready by the time the frost swings around here in late September, you know, late October, we'll be able to better determine that for next year. Uh, but right now, I do not see a lot of activity happening yeah. on the land development front. There's the plans for it. Things are in in ready. Uh, 
for motion, but but no action yet. But then you were also sharing with me in a conversation we had last week that you're seeing the price list, the new price list of service land. I believe it's next year's service land. There's already a price increase built into it from currently what you could buy this year. Of course. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so that just probably shows a little bit of the supply and demand, uh, you know, um, cycle that goes on there as as well, right? Yeah, and this land is, you know, essentially developed but not registered, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, and uh, the price list that we're seeing on it, yeah, we're seeing an increase in land cost coming, you know, for later this year, which will be land that will be ready for, you know, next year and the following year. Yeah. Now, that said, Russ, there are some parcels of land, you know, that are still out there that we can buy at I don't even say this year's cost because that land was developed a year or two ago. So we're buying land at you know uh, uh, you know at, at prices from a couple of years ago yet, which ballpark is going to be on average probably you know five to ten thousand dollars cheaper per lot. Now, it's you know in one sense it's not a lot of money, but five or ten grand definitely makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so you touched on earlier about jobs, and I know you don't at your fingertips have like the absolute numbers. And quite frankly, you know, if you want the absolute percentage numbers, go follow Todd Hirsch at on the the Owl and get those numbers. Um, right. But what are you seeing on the street, Jay? Like everybody probably has an opinion. Oh, Alberta's dried up, and Alberta's going away. Turn the lights out on the last person leaving. What What are you seeing? Because you own lots of properties, you own rental properties, and you're you're renting things out on a day to day basis, and you're helping investors from across the country buy in Edmonton. What is it on the street? Is it completely uh, different than what the perception is? I thought you were going to say it's completely dead on the streets. Nope. Uh, you know what? No, actually, it's 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 probably a little bit of the opposite. And again, I'm just seeking and I'm thirsty for information on this, uh, talking with property management firms all the time and other investors have just seen where they're at. Uh, you know, this, this COVID thing definitely threw a wrench into everyone. Uh, but I think as it's playing out, uh, you know, it's going to be a good thing for investors that own rental properties. Uh, you know, we've had to maneuver a little bit over the last couple of months here of helping some tenants, you know, and on a personal note, you know, we had one tenant that required a little bit of help and it, it wasn't even major help. He needed to split his payment up into two payments, uh, you know, but overall, I think we're seeing that a lot of the rents have been paid. I think when the, when the, you know, uh, federal money runs out here, I think, you know, that'll be a little bit of an indicator where things are at. But, you know, historically looking at, you know, pandemics and situations and economic downturns, it actually bolsters the rental market. Now, on a personal note, I can tell you the tenant turnovers that we've had in the last couple of months, we have literally filled them back to back. And in most cases, we've got the same rent or a wee bit more. And when I say wee bit, I'm talking incremental $25, $50 more yeah. for that same suite. But there's lots of inquiries. You know, the tenant lines are lit up. People are moving right now. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I know in my portfolio, um, I had two two moves. And and good news is, you know, they 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 had some challenges. That's not the good news. The good news is that they left, right? Because they just moved somewhere else. But and it was I was able to then rent it. And we just got notice yesterday of our last unit that just got rented back. And we got the same amount we were getting before. We were vacant for one month. So, yep. so people are renting. And, and here's the thing is, I think in, in during uncertain times, people might actually be turned to renters more than anything. 
And, you know, we talk, there's federal government rules and CMHC rules and new home buyer rules and all these kind of things coming in. Um, I think, honestly, CMHC is doing a favor for rental housing providers and providing us more tenants. 100 percent you know they've they've increased the qualification with beacon score and uh and debt service ratios and stuff like that and again russ if if you're on the front lines and you know moving it back to our tenant profile and looking at who's renting you know but the cmhc rules are inherently making it i shouldn't say pushing that's not the right word but making it more difficult for people to buy that first home yeah putting obstacles in the way that's right. Yep. But a lot of these people, Russ, are good people. It's not that they, you know, they're not qualified to their qualification, but they have good jobs. These people can afford and want to rent the house that they would have bought. And this is where we can thankfully stand there with open arms and welcome them in, you know, at a very competitive rate, you know, similar uh, to them owning the property and, you know, give them an opportunity to get in that house that they wanted. Yep. Yep. Now, before we um, move off of kind of what's going on in the streets for economic activity and a housing market, what is happening within the housing market? I know you mentioned it's flat. Um, is there any price growth? Is sales going up or down? What is kind of the dynamics that are going on within the housing market numbers? Yeah, I think it's a little bit early on the price front. You yeah. know, uh, we we don't have enough information yet, you know, reported for, for sales. You know, I can tell you, everyone was forecasting that, oh my gosh, this is... Now, reality happened with the COVID thing and, and the buyers dried up. You know, uh, of course, everyone went into, you know... Uh, <laughs> went into lockdown, and, right? And went, went into lockdown mode. And, and that's normal. The behavior that we saw from it was normal. But also what happened, Russ, is we saw the listings plummet too, falling off. So it kind of kept the old supply demand in check. Now, maybe a little bit of an outside indicator with the CMHC rules, the last 30 days, we have seen a flood of buyers hit the market. And actually, and truthfully, we've seen some multiple offers in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we haven't seen these <laughs> in a while, right? It, does, so, it must have been, uh, holy moly, what was, that, what was that again? A multiple offer. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think a lot of that is, you know, a little bit of pent up demand from COVID people, you know, that were looking to move or had to move, you know, got, got pushed back. And I think the CMHC announcement obviously created some demand and activity there as well. You know, the other activity uh, uh, or contributor to activity is our interest rates. You know, our interest rates have gone down again last week. You know, I think I've seen fixed rates at five years now at 2.37%. Like, holy cow, we, uh, we haven't seen rates like that in a long time, if ever. And, you know, it's it's a great time to buy a house for sure. Yeah. Now, I know you and I both were, we commented on like last, I think it was a week ago, there was kind of a, a graphic or a meme going around about the housing prices over the last 12 months and everybody was applauding the, you know, the the, the positive growth in certain markets and and all that kind of stuff. And and really, one of the things you have to look at is that's happened in the past. That's rear view mirror stuff. Um, so if you are buying and you are investing, you know, do you want to potentially invest where maybe all that growth has already happened and you're buying at a higher price? Or do you maybe want to invest into a marketplace that's been flat for a period of time with growth potential to go up? So a long-winded way of saying is I think that's where Edmonton is within the cycle. What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts, Jay? Yeah, I would agree, Russ, 100%. And I, you know, the, I'll, I'll come out and say it, uh, you know, if there's anyone from Ontario 
you know, and even Vancouver that's watching this, you know, I think Vancouver peak market was July 2019. And you guys seen a little bit of decline since then. Toronto was April 2020, you know, as far as uh, uh, to my understanding of their peak market. So, you know, they've seen, you know, 10% growth plus in, you know, the last year. And you know what, I'm going to chalk this up to, I guess, just some experience for us. We lived through that in Edmonton here in 2006, seven and eight In 2007, our average house price went up 51% in one year. And what happens, and I think it's just human nature, is everyone dove in. And you know what? I'll say I was no different. <laughs> I bought some properties in 2007, you know, and uh, still, I shouldn't still have. Still paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> but if everyone sees 51% and then everyone wants in. And I think, you know, you're seeing that in, in, the, in the Ontario area where you're seeing good growth and people are buying in. But, man, if I could redo that, would I do some some uh, different tactics in my approach, well, or have some different tactics? I had that. I'd be looking for that down market. I had that right? conversation with a guy the other day. I, I would, you know, to be brutally honest, I would have done the opposite. I would have sold yeah. in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and I would be buying now. Yeah. Right. Well, the good news is, I think you know the real estate market does come and go. Uh, we've seen a, a long drought in the Edmonton area in Alberta and uh, you know, really, again, I think it's, it's common. I just uh, it's the the third time, I guess I've been through that. The, the indicators seem to be on their way, uh, you know, in a positive direction and it's just going to take some time. But, you know, I think if you're looking to buy you want to buy in Edmonton in, you know, the next 12 months for sure. Uh, you know, I think by the time we get to 2022 and there's starting to be optimism, you're going to see, you know, I already know on the on the new construction side, the developers, you know, they're going to be, you know, taking advantage of that and you're going to be paying more. So as far as prices today, you know, I think the new construction prices have certainly bottomed out. Will we see some price uh, deals in the resale market? I think absolutely we will. There's going to be some home or sellers out there that, you know, are going to have to come out from debt. They, they can't weather the storm. And I think there's a lot of people um you know that are going to have to sell so resale market i think we might see some price movement there yet um you know the new construction market i think we've kind of bottomed out the thing that people need to understand i guess russ with new construction and a resale market when a when a builder and a developer is doing this it's an actual business for them they only have so much margin that they can move they have input costs to do this right versus a resale or someone that's owned a home for 20, 25 years, for example, and has no mortgage on that property, if they decide they want to sell, they can really drop the price to whatever the heck they want to sell. You know, a builder and a developer can't do that. They've got a cost. And if they are not making some profit moving forward, why would they do it? They're not going to. And and quite frankly, we've seen some builders dry up, you know, over the last uh, year and a bit here, builders that are not around. Uh, no more because uh, of that exact reason, right? They, yep. they they couldn't survive. Yeah. Now, make no mistakes about it here, guys. Um, both Jason and I are very optimistic about what's going on in Edmonton. I'm acquiring capital to buy some more properties as we speak. Um, make no mistake about it. There are it's, it's not perfect. There are no such thing as a perfect market. There's still going to be a little bit of, you know, hiccups and bumps in the road and waves and things like that. But... You know, if you guys, if you're reading some of the undertones, um, we're we're are making some pretty bold predictions here as well. And I'm going to do a cardinal sin. I'm going to date this summer 2020. 
This was recorded summer 2020, and I'm going to leave it up. And I want people, I want us to revisit this maybe a few years down the road and see see how our bold predictions are going to come to fruition. I think that's a great idea, Russ. I think uh, June of 2023, we should have this same conversation and just see where we're at. And I think I'll just second your your comment there that, you know, by no way, shape, or form am I an economist or in, uh, uh, you know, predicting uh, uh, an absolute boom in the Edmonton area. However, what I can do is if people are interested, I can share this information with you. I'm not here to sell anything, but if you want information and you're interested in investing in real estate, we will certainly give you that information and let you make up your own mind. This is information that I go seeking for myself. So it's quite easy for me to share because I'm a real estate investor too. Yep. Uh, and as alluded to, it's, it's not rocket science, but you start looking, as you say, at some of the undertones that are happening that people don't see in the headlines, Russ. This is really information that is just not, I don't want to say it's not public knowledge. If you know where to go and find it, you can find it, but it's just not available when we're scrolling through our news feeds or our social media feeds. We don't see a lot of this stuff hitting the front lines. Yep. Awesome. So perfect segue to do a little bit of a pivot in the conversation here. So, um, Last, so just to bookend that, so guys, if you are interested, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end, and we'll give you a link to to, um, to maybe click on a link to fill in some information. If you are interested in getting some more information on Edmonton, if Edmonton is something you really want to look, look into. Now, guys, this is for serious people only. Like, this is my best property source for finding deals. Jason finds deals that a lot of people don't uncover, and uh, he has only, you know, he's got a team, but but there are so many, there are only so many deals. So if you aren't serious about moving forward in Edmonton, you know, maybe wait until you are and then reach out. But for those of you that are serious about Edmonton and you want to see that information and you want to get on, you want to move forward, that link will be provided to you at the end of this recording as well. Okay. So here's the pivot conversation, Jay, Um, new construction properties. Why, why, why new construction? A lot of people are hearing about this, new construction thing and it doesn't work in most in all markets but Edmonton's a little bit of a you know maybe it's like a jewel out there that you can actually get new construction property so why would somebody want to consider a new construction property holy cow how much time do we have here yeah. uh, to answer that go how long is a piece of string <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll, I'll i'll maybe simplify this here and say with a new construction property, we're able to really control our variables with the long-term management, our acquisition and our long-term management of the property. And I'll use this analogy, and Russ, you've heard me say this 10 times over, but you know the, the old car analogy, when you're walking around the lot and you're looking at a, a window sticker and you see a car that's 36 miles per gallon, yeah, right, driving across Saskatchewan at 90 kilometer an hour with a slight tailwind on a 25 above day, you know, Variables like speed, wind, and hills will ultimately control the performance, the ultimate performance of that car. And same in real estate, I'll relate it to vacancy, repairs and maintenance, and your management costs. Same as a car. If we can control those variables over the long-term ownership of your uh, investment, you know, the, the better the chance of you pocketing that actual cash flow. And you know what? This is just one thing I think that people probably 
don't keep track of is, you know, when we all buy properties, we look at a snapshot of pro forma and we say, okay, well, this is how the property should work. And whether it's new or a resale or an old property, this is how it should work. But what happens in a lot of cases with older properties is the furnace wears out. You need a roof, you need windows, you need to, you know, fix the concrete driveway. You know, it's just issues. Every time you throw cash at the investment, you inherently reduce your long-term ROI. And I don't know if anyone keeps track of that. We look at the cash flow coming in, but all those capital expenditures of five grand going out here and six here, and you know, it, it, it costs money. Same with the tenancy side. Every time a tenant leaves, it costs money. You have to reshow it. You have to clean it. You might have to paint it. You might have to sit on a vacant property for a month or two. It costs probably three thousand bucks on average for a tenant turnover. <laughs> but you know, and and that money, it comes out of cash flow, right? You, you, it comes out of somewhere. So anyhow, long story short with new construction, it really gives us the ability to control those variables, uh, you know, from the starting point, the starting point is when you're actually sitting on the other end of the screen and you're looking and considering a real estate investment, uh, you know, and, and, and especially those investors that are looking, you know, to buy a property, you know, to generate long-term wealth. Investors that don't have a lot of time and don't want to fuss, but, you know, they want to have a property that's going to consistently perform with little effort on their part, Russ. And, you know, there's no reason, and we've got, you know, a, a great track record, uh, you know, to substantiate it, that you can't put your 20% down and you shouldn't have to put any more money at that property, you know, for your term of ownership. Now, if you're going past 10 years and 15 years, you're undoubtedly going to get stuck with some maintenance issues. But, you know, if, if you're, you know, upgrading your property every five to seven years or inside 10 years and moving it into an under warranty position and, and, and making it new, you should never have to put money at it again. It should cash flow. And, and actually, you should watch your bank account build. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you real-life numbers, black and white numbers. So remember when I told earlier about the two midnight moves that I had? One, interesting to know, one was a new new construction property, and one was one of my 40-year-old, 50-year-old um, townhouse product. And um, you know how much it cost me to to get the new construction property ready for rental again, Jay? You know how much it cost me? Take a guess. To get it ready for rent? Yeah, just to get it ready for the next tenant. $500. It cost me zero. Like nothing. It was it was ready to go, right? You know how much it cost the, my forty year old townhouse to get ready for rent for the next next tenant? It was just well, a little. It was little north of four grand. So there were some renovations yep. and touch ups and whatever Absolutely. else. Absolutely, we need to yeah. we need to get yeah. it. You know, there was some some maintenance that had to be done. There's paint. There was a whole bunch of things that had to be done, right? Yeah. So it's just it's. I tell you, I've been repositioning my portfolio over the last couple of years, and honest. And I'm I'm here to tell you a true case study for myself is it is a completely different ownership experience owning a new construction property or owning a 40, 50 year old place that has some little bit of deferred maintenance or just a different tenant profile, a different ownership experience. The numbers are completely different, and it's it's like a breath of fresh air. Honest to goodness. Right. So what what do you recommend, Jay? What what type of like new construction housing is a big giant uh, bucket? What what mm -hmm. not every new house works as a rental property, as an investor would buy. What are the type of product and assets that you recommend to your investor clients? Right. OK, great question. Um, I, I, I think everyone's a little bit different. 
and the the properties that I'll spout off here quickly all have a little bit different performance measures and time input requirements from the investor each. So, you know, for example, uh, a single family home would be just a standalone home. You've got one tenant in there. They get the whole house and garage. They are a very, very consistent performer. They're actually my favorite. Uh, you don't get as much cash flow from them every month, Russ, but they perform month after month. Uh, the tenant profile letter and these, you know, are hunkering down, and it's it's not uncommon to have tenants for five to ten years in these types of properties. You know, so over the course of long term, where I'm going with this is that you don't get as much cash flow every month, but over the course of say a ten year period, you might get the same from that property with a secondary suite because the secondary suite properties inherently have more tenant turnover to them, right? But to, to go through the list, we, we look at and first want to just understand with the investor and whoever that is, you know, uh, uh, what stage of life and what you're trying to accomplish with real estate. You know, is it long-term wealth? Are you looking to generate uh, passive uh, income uh, short-term? Are you looking for income replacement? You know, uh, how much time do you have to put towards it? That's a, that's a key factor. Are you going to be self-managing? Are you going to bring in a property manager? Right. So once we understand that picture, you know, we say, okay, well, here's the the investment requirement. Here's the cash flow numbers based on actual live results that are in the marketplace. But the common ones are single family homes. The very common ones are a, a suite at home, so a, a home uh, with an upper suite with a with a basement apartment in it. You know, something that's gaining a lot of traction lately, uh, Russ, are, are grad suite properties. Our biggest issue with these is that finding the land for them because of you know municipal bylaw and, and restrictive covenants. You can't just put them on any lot. Uh, but a grad suite property is like a single family home with a, uh, a detached garage in the backyard and a secondary suite up above the garage. We've just found these types of properties now having some good experience with them and, t- and a tenant experience. Tenants love them. It's like having two properties on one. And you're again taking that next layer of eliminating you know, some co-tenant issues like privacy, noise, smell, uh, and sound when you're actually separating the buildings versus having them, you know, stacked on top of one another. Yeah. You know, do you have any, uh, av- sorry, maybe I'm going to keep them all for myself, but uh, do you have any available inventory of some grass suite opportunities? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anything we're predominantly going to do are going to be pre-construction, pre-build anyhow. Yeah. So right now our forecast is out there into 2021 and 2022. Uh, we just did a deal actually uh, solidified this morning here and it's it's not ready till 2021. You know, uh, and we're looking at some, some land positions now where it's actually, we can secure our pricing today, but you're not going to get the product. You're not going to be able to place a tenant till late 2021, early 2022. So it actually works advantageous, I think, yeah. to allow some economic recovery where we're actually at with this so, COVID thing, right? So did I hear you correctly that we can lock in today's price in, quote unquote, maybe a fearful time and we don't take possession till you know, a year from now, potentially? 100%. Right. Yeah. So, so for those of you out in Ontario... Um, maybe and you're familiar with pre-construction condos and all that, yada, 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 you you get a lot of that message. But here's the cool thing. These properties will actually cash flow, <laughs> right? And you're and out in Toronto, maybe one of your only strategies is to assign it. That's your only strategy. This one's actually a, a keeper. Like, keep it. Like So that's what we're talking about, right? So, okay, I do, I'm going to come back. So we've talked about some single families, talked about some single families with suites, and then garage suites. What else? What else is what you find kind of that sweet spot? 
Yeah, uh, a side-by-side duplex building has always been high demand. And some recent bylaw changes here, uh, I guess now a couple of years ago, we're now allowed to put secondary suites in side-by-side duplex buildings. So I think any time, Russ, you can take, you know, and, you know, create now four income streams under one roof as an investor, it gives you a little extra layer of control, you know, with your asset, because you're now controlling the whole building envelope, the whole yard of one big asset. And it actually gives you extra control over your, your tenancies. If, you know, there's an issue with sound next door, well, you know what, you own that unit, you can, you can address it with your property manager and, 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 and rectify it. Right. But uh, the side-by-side duplexes, whether they have secondary suites or not, uh, you know, are, are popular. Uh, the other thing that's gained some good traction for us is multiplex buildings. These are for an investor, I think, a little bit, uh, you know, financially strong investor. They're, you know, we're getting up into, into the millions, I guess, a million and a half bucks for, you know, a multiplex building where we can get, uh, you know, eight uh, rental suites under one roof. And we we design these and build these, you know, uh, on one title. So they only require one mortgage. So an investor that's looking to, you know, get better bang for their buck and and really maximize their mortgage bucks, if you will, man, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. So why why are you smiling? I'm sorry. I was smirking. I was just, I was pretending I was somebody from Toronto sitting there and you just say, uh, uh, you can actually get eight properties for eight rental units for a million and a half bucks. And then in Toronto, I'm paying eight, a million and a half for one house. I, I think I saw some yesterday as somebody was advertising, uh, and I think it was a condo. I honestly think it was a pre-sale condo and it was $700,000 for a pre-sale condo. Yeah, I, Russ, I, I don't understand that market. I don't, and, and to me, it's, you know, if I look at what you can rent it for and the expenses and then I can make a decision, but you know, when when we're looking at some of these numbers, we're we're talking positive cash flow on the back end, and that's in today's marketplace. All of our what we call our IPAs, our investment property analysis, they're live. They move almost on a monthly basis because our rental market does, and so does the interest rates, uh, and so does the pricing. So these things are constantly adjusted. But you know, when we're looking at them today, I was just going through them this morning before our meeting, and you know, our suited homes are right around five hundred dollars a month cash flow. And that's including your management costs, your vacancy repairs, or vacancy and your repairs and maintenance, and a five-year fixed mortgage rate. So, you know, that should be, and again, the rental numbers that we're using and the tax numbers and the insurance numbers are based on actual examples. So we should be fairly close on that. Yeah. Now, I know what I have with my investment partners and the ones that we've bought, our recent purchases, we even factor in the down payment that was used as a line of credit, and we're 100% financed, and there still is like significant cash flow left over at the end of the month. Now, I'd have to I'd have to get my actual numbers, but I know it's it's definitely north of 350 to 400 dollars a month, give or take. Yeah, and you you know it's easy for us to sit here and say this. Yeah, cash flow, cash flow. But you know, again, similar to you, I have a lot of older properties yet, and I got a, you know a lot a lot of new newer ones as well. And the reality is my older ones, they just seem to limp along. They hold their own. Don't get me wrong. You know, but it just seems like every year, uh, you know, a furnace in this one and then a hot water tank. And now I need carpeting in this one, you know, and I make a little bit of cash flow. And then it's like at the end of the year, I got to spend that cash flow on, you know, some capital improvements to this property or some maintenance items, you know, and I'm not watching the bank account grow like I want with the older properties. 
the newer ones are significantly a different story. You know, the as you alluded to earlier, the the, the turnover uh, when a tenant turns over, the the cost to get them back up and going, your your maintenance bill along the way. You know, I, I tease people all the time. My my biggest maintenance cost is Green Drop. I don't know if you guys know what Green Drop are, but it's like a a lawn maintenance company for them to come out and spruce up the lawn every year. It's about two hundred and eighty dollars, and that's my biggest maintenance tab, generally speaking, every year. Yeah. You know, but. You, you, the, the cash flow accumulates in the bank account, yeah. you know, and you can use it for more important things like mortgage principal reduction. Well, I know you, right? you were sharing, and we don't have to share the exact numbers, and I'll go, um, is each year with your new properties that you have in your portfolio of them, you make a significant mortgage pay down each and every year on, on the mortgages of the highest interest rate mortgage, and you start to snowball them all to pay them all off. 100%. I mean, the real advantage. Do you mind sharing with that? If you could, could you share a ballpark what that number is each year? You do, give or take? You know what? It, it, it's grown, Russ. Yep. You know, we started, and, and what's happened is you get to the point where the, you pay the first mortgage off, and then the, the cash flow just increases, right? But, uh, you know, this year, I can tell you, we wrote a check for $20,000 to reduce one mortgage. Uh, and that's just cumulative cash flow. Of course, we're keeping a nice reserve you know, in our account for what ifs, right? Shit happens, right? It's real estate. And, uh, you know, being able to, to, to pay mortgages off. But, you know, I've always said, and I mean, everyone's different, but to me, my end goal is to have a real estate portfolio that gives me income every month. And the only way I know how to do that, Russ, is to pay the mortgages off as fast as I can. And, you know, once the, your mortgages are relieved and you don't have that mortgage debt, now all of a sudden you're just paying your, your management costs, your, you know, your operating costs and, you, and, and the rest of it, you know, gets to go in the hip pocket first national, yeah, yeah. right? Now, I Plus you still own the asset. Yeah, I know, you know, and this is a, could open up an entire other Pandora's back, box, but I know some people, you know, when they talk about paying off a mortgage and free and clear, it's like taboo. But, you know, get in this business for 20 plus years, start getting into your 50s. And ask somebody if they wouldn't mind having a few free and clear assets. That just the golden goose. You keep the golden goose that keeps laying the golden eggs. I'm not telling you never to borrow money ever again, but why not have a nest egg of properties over here, free and clear, that will pay for all your living expenses plus, okay? And then go build another portfolio, right? Go borrow money elsewhere, but just don't touch the golden goose. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, I always call it the non-negotiable step one, yeah. you know, and, and, and we got to keep it real. You know, when we're talking as investors, okay, what I always use the term five years down the road or 10 years down the road. I always ask people, how much money do you want to make a month from real estate? And when, when do you want it? Right. And we can kind of reverse engineer it and work it backwards from there. But, uh, you know, and everyone's different, Russ, I'm not saying I'm not buying more real estate. Of course we're buying more real estate, but if you get to a point to where, You've got your non-negotiable step one. You're getting the monthly cash flow that you want from it. Plus, you still own those clear title assets. Man, you got options. <laughs> you know, well, you got options. Well, you, know, you can sit there and you can sleep at night a little bit better, right? Well, and weathering storms. Uh, uh, I mean, if if you don't have debt and you've got a lot of equity, like I say, it gives you options. If in, in building and increasing your 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 portfolio is one of those options that you want to consider. I tell you what, with clear title real estate and, and cash flow and, and, and good net worth statements, banks will love lending you more money. Yeah, absolutely. Right? 
Um, okay, now I know, Jay, we could go on and on forever. And I think this is going to be the start of a, a regular series that we can share. Are you are you open if we kind of do this on a fairly regular basis, whether it's monthly or every second month or something? Are you okay if we if we if I come to you and pick your brain and share that with my audience? Yeah, I think absolutely, Russ. Okay. It's uh, again, it's uh, it's about you know legitimately and sincerely giving back. And the thing is, is today we've been going for about an hour here, I guess, and we've skipped along the tops of a lot of these yep. subjects. There's a lot more detail, you know, not only in each property type, in new construction, and and the Edmonton marketplace, you know, but there's a lot more. Uh, I guess, uh, time-sensitive information, well, you know, news and, and I, stuff. And, I'm not and this letting is where we keep people up to date. I'm not letting you go, Jay, because you shared in our last conversation. Interesting, Jason and I talk almost every day, if not every second day. There's not a week that doesn't go by that we probably don't talk two or three times. And you had mentioned something to me last week of an exclusive inventory. I don't know if it's fully exclusive, but you have access to some pretty sweetheart of, a, of of some deals. Do you mind if we share those with everybody here, if there really is somebody who's looking for an, an opportunity right away here? What would be some of those okay. deals you shared with me? Yeah. Okay. Um, no problem. Uh, what it boils down to is, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, but finding the right piece of property that we can build the right home on and place the right tenant. Yes. And, you know, the, the step three is where we start. Who's the tenant profile and we can work it backwards. Now, just because it's a new construction home or a new development doesn't mean that every piece of property is going to work in there, right? Because there's things like fire hydrants, light standards, power boxes, you know, rear drives, you know, things that just won't work, you know. So what we do is we get in front of all of that. And I, I'll, I'll use the term loosely, but I, I cherry pick. You know, I go in and I sit with land developers and and look at, you know, area structure plans of new developments, you know, and the builder groups that are in there and we cherry pick the lots that are going to work best. Then we actually custom, uh, you know, a floor plan, you know, and we find that sweet spot. We know what that sweet spot is for size versus what we can get for rent in the market that will cash flow. So it's kind of a happy medium between, you know, not overbuilding and, and maximum cash flow type deal. You know, so again, to to do that, you know, there's only so many properties that we can get our hands on every year that, you know, pass the test, so to speak, right? And, you know, right now, you know, we've got, uh, you know, some good opportunities in front of us because we've teamed up with some larger developers and builders giving us get better access to uh, inventory, which gives better deals for investors, right? And again, just to be clear, most of these, you know, it's just a small deposit today. You're not going to get the property for, you know, 10 to, you know, probably, you know, 15 months down the road. Uh, and I, I think really where we're at today, you know, economically in recovery, it can be, you know, used to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So Jay, you're, you, you danced around and you teased me again. <laughs> no, I, so, so here's, here's the, here's the, if I'm going to reframe that as once is guys, not every new house works. And if you just walked into any old subdivision and walked into a builder and just said, I want to buy a new house as a rental property, you, you're taking your, you, you've just opened yourself up to a huge risk of getting a bad, a bad property. So here we have somebody who focuses daily in the, in the trenches, goes out, hand selects investment grade 
properties, and then you package those up and you present them back to investors that are interested in it. And truly, you got somebody with 20 years experience who does this every single day out finding new properties is really the best way I can describe it. Russ, if they can focus, investors can focus on raising capital. Now, if that's your own capital, if that's with joint venture, however you want to do it. But our process on this side takes it really from tip to tail. We source the properties, we screen the properties, we you know engage the mortgage broker. You know, we send them all the paperwork they need. We get the management teams. We manage the the you know and do updates with the with the build. We'll engage the in, the insurance. We just it's it's a I hate to use the term one-stop shop, but that's what it is. And it's just really taking, you know, and creating an accountable, you know, transparent process, you know, that works. It didn't work 10 years ago, you know, but after experience and learning it, I mean, we've got it down to a science. And if we can take that off an investor and let them focus on what they do best, and if that's raising capital, you know, it's it, it just really makes it easy for yep. them, right? Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jay, um, and let's do a little role play. I'm a serious real estate investor. I've saw this webinar, saw this recording. I've clicked on the link. I filled out my information, and I'm coming and I'm having a conversation with you. I have. I'm going to give you three scenarios. I'm somebody with a hundred thousand. I'm somebody with three hundred thousand, and I'm somebody with a half a million in available capital to invest. What would you recommend I do? So, first of all, the hundred thousand dollar person. The hundred thousand dollar person. Well, you know what? Again, I, I'm going to just uh, circle back. I, I want to understand what you're trying to do with this. And if you want to do, you know, short term flips with this, or you want to get, you know, uh, profit, or if you're looking for a long term investment, he's nodding his head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. here's the you're thing. For first, first of all, great answer. That you're an expert. If somebody comes to Jason, say, I'm looking to do a flip or a burr or all these other kind of things, he's probably not your guy. But if you want somebody, if you want somebody to go find you a cherry picked new construction property, that's going to be a good holding property. He's your guy, right? That's what you do best. Yeah. We don't do a lot of resale, you know, burr strategies. Our burr strategies are a little bit more involved where we actually buy and we do infill developments, you know? So if you're looking to do a flip, Great. We can do a flip, but it's going to be buying an old house, tearing it down, subdividing it, maybe putting up two new ones, you know, for profit. If that's what you want, I just need to understand what you're trying to achieve, you know, and and understand how much time you have to put into this and what you're going to do and what I'm going to do, yep. and we can make it work. But so, let's just assume okay, that we're looking at a lot. Let me hold. back up here a sec. So, so see, okay. this is how good Jay is. Like he he will not just. If you go to a lot of people, sometimes somebody will just sit there and go, "I've got a hundred grand," and then what they'll do is they'll just start shotgunning sorry what most will do is they'll set you up on a mls search and just fire you off a whole bunch of stuff okay so you do you do a a full consultation with people so okay first person it's gonna be the same type of people but the only different variable is the amount of money i have so first person i got a hundred thousand dollars I am a crazy super busy professional running multiple other businesses um, I have a property in Toronto that my, my home is free and clear, not free and clear. It's quite, I got a lot of equity in my property in Toronto. I'm super busy and I probably can't come out to Edmonton all the time, but I'm sick and tired of the pro- the house prices out there. And I'm just looking for something that can be fairly turnkey and doesn't have a lot of my time investment and involvement in it as well. 
Yep. So based on that analysis, you're going to be using a property management firm in, in, yes. in town here. You're going to be using your own investment capital, non-joint venture. Yes. And uh, you time. probably have it sitting in a bank account off to the side. It's sitting right? in a line of credit, potentially. And a line of credit. So do you want to service that debt with that line of credit? Or sorry, with the property. Do you want the property to be able to service the line of credit? If I can, absolutely. Debt? Yes. Okay. So with $100,000, you've got some really, really good options. And the, you know, that it goes back to the single family. But if you're looking at servicing that debt, we need to create a little more cash flow. You're using a management company. So time really isn't that, you know, people are going to be doing that, the hands-on work for you. You know, I would be looking at a suited half duplex property, or I would be looking at a single family home with a basement apartment in it. Both of those you could get right around ninety thousand dollars. It would be the twenty percent down uh, price wise. You know you're going to be in that four twenty for the half duplex to four forty, and the single family home with basement suite. We actually just signed off on one this morning, and it was four hundred and fifty five thousand dollars, and that was locked and loaded. That had all of the uh, you know landscaping, fencing, window coverings, everything in. You know, so. Uh, both of those are going to yield right around $500 a month cash flow after expenses. And that's at today's five-year fixed rate of 2.59%. And I'm assuming people are getting a little bit better than that. So if you can stretch that budget from 100 to 110, let's say, I would also throw a grad suite property at you. Uh, a grad suite property, as I alluded to earlier, I think are kind of the best of both worlds where you get, you know, the, the stable tenant profiles, you're separating a little bit more. The, the, the issue that we have with grad suites really is just, uh, you know, the, the land availability, um, you know, now I I smirk because you're, you're, you're always, you're upselling me already here, brother. You're, you're good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I've done this a few times. (laughs) Uh, No, but, but here's the thing. It's Jason truly has your, if you're buying from Jason, he truly has your best interests at heart. It is not about a transaction. It's not about a trying to sell you something. It is 100%. He will be blunt and tell you, um, I don't think you should do this. And I might not be your guy that can help you do this. Right. This from my experience, you do what you want to do. Right. And and you truly have the client's needs uh, at heart when you do when you make offers and make um, opportunity offers to people. Russ, I think you have to, because what we do is long term. It's not like where you're just coming in and you're buying a house and, you know, uh, I'll see you in five years again. These are you know, live experiences. And I think, you know, our, our, if we've got any clients that are watching, you know, we keep in touch, you know, and I may be a little more old school. I like to pick up the phone and phone people and just say, hey, how's your rentals going? What are you getting for rent? You know, any issues you've had? Because if I can get that feedback, I can take that now and, and iterate it into the next wave of, of better investments, yeah. right? And the last thing I want to have happen, and it's happened to me a couple of times and, and early on, is where people buy a property and it's not the right property for them. They get in and all of a sudden it's going to cost big renovations or they're going to have a nightmare tenant issue. And these people are back on our doorstep two years later and they're saying, we got to get rid of this thing. Like me and a buttercup are going to get divorced if we don't unload this thing quick. I don't want that to happen. This is This should contribute to your lifestyle. And getting right back to the beginning, that's why I really truly want to understand what you're trying to achieve. I'm not trying to screen or do this or do that. I mean, if I understand and I can help, I'll gladly share, you know, everything I know and and help you. 
And at the end of the day, whether you buy something from Tri Urban or not, I promise you it's not going to make a hill of beans to my lifestyle. If I can help you and get you on track and, and help you avoid some of those mistakes that I made, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Now, I, I smirked earlier when you were talking about, you know, old fashioned and old school to, to get this to, to do a Zoom recording and, and things like this has been oh. this is a, this is a, this is some real fancy stuff here, isn't it, Jay? I'm out of my comfort zone, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I I truly believe that you are a hidden gem that needs to be shared with shared with more people, and I'm going to just share that with you with my inner circle and people that follow me first. So, I think you're just a hidden gem. So, so I'm not going to let you off the hook. So we're back to same person. I've got 300 grand. What's what are some options? Okay, three hundred thousand uh, dollars. I would probably want to understand. You know, again, where you're looking long term with this, yep. and we'll just assume that it's long term. And if you're using a property manager again, yes. and the cash flow expectations, because this is where you know you've got the ability to you know create significant cash flow by stretching those investments, maybe maybe into like a multiplex building, right? The other option with three hundred thousand dollars, you could look at three of those suited homes or three of those duplexes, right? So again, just trying to understand. And the, the flexibility with buying three rusts, say over here with 300000 that are $90,000 each, leave you thirty left over for what ifs, right? At 300000 over here, we could go and buy one multiplex building, right? Depending on what you told me where you're going to be in five and 10 years, or if you wanted to have maybe a staged exit, you know, where you can sell these ones off one by one, you know, because when you have one multiplex building, it's a specific type of buyer for that, right? It's typically going to be an investor that's going to buy it. Yep. Investment real estate, really, being honest, is a small segment of the overall market sales. However, if you've got three single-family homes, you know those might be easier to liquidate. The last thing I'll throw at that is the single-family homes, I believe in today's environment where we're at in Edmonton, might have a better chance of capital appreciation. Yeah. Because yeah, because you're you're you know where I'm going with that. The the single family homes are worth what your neighboring homes are worth, you know. And as we see the market improve, you know, it's it's going to improve on, on your property as well. So I would throw three single family homes at you with secondary suites, whether that be lower level or grad suites, or I would throw a multiplex building at you, where with three hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, you could get four to six suites. Yeah. So essentially, you're almost getting a sixplex. Give or take. Getting right? a sixplex. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now the next category of half a million bucks. Now this answer, I'm, I'm this answer is going to be a short and sweet one. I'm going to provide the answer. If you got a half a million bucks and you're looking to put it to work, call me. I will help you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, sorry, joking, not joking. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, so Jay, I, and I'm. What would if I had a half a million bucks? Where, where would you put that into? Well, if someone invested a half a million dollars with you, Russ, I would uh, want to look at, again, either a strategic path with single family dwellings or incorporating a multiplex building. And the second thing I would throw that is probably something that could really, really ignite the mortgage principal pay down. Say we bought three or four single family homes and we saved $100,000 from the end. That $100,000, what I would help you do with that is we would look at some uh, infill developments where we would buy a, a, a property, an older property in an infill mature neighborhood. We would tear it down. 
you know, and we would rebuild the property. In a lot of cases, we would subdivide and just really maximize the highest, best use and really create value with it. Yeah. My intent to help you with that would be to give you, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars of capital every time we do it to go ahead and take it and flop it down on your mortgage money until we get that balance to where your equity position, you know, to where now if you want to leverage with more long-term assets, you know, go ahead. Or if you want to continue to pay down your your portfolio, great. Uh, you know, we've got some customers that just, you know, they've paid their portfolio off and they're continually doing these. I call them flips, but they're just a little bit longer in these types of infant developments. They're, they're 12 months, yeah. you know, but you know, they, uh, they can be quite lucrative. Yeah. So suffice it to say, Jay, um, you got almost, you got something for everybody potentially with a caveat that you're ready to move forward. You're ready to take action. You're interested in Edmonton, right? And you love, and you're bought into the concept of new construction building, new construction properties. You, you pretty well have something for, you can take care of somebody if they have those criteria. Yeah, I would say the the new construction. I think that's a conversation, uh, you know, and everyone has, you know, strategies and we see, you know, lots of coaches and mentors and organizations that are teaching different strategies out there. But, you know, overall, if your strategy is to create long-term wealth, you know, new construction is a very, very efficient way to do it. And it's a proven model, uh, you know, and, and we've got the track record in the black and white to prove that. Yep. Right. So... Now, I know we've gone on and on. So honestly, I've made notes that we have our next agenda already talked about. I want to talk next time about some infill developments. I want to talk about a whole bunch of different strategies. This guy is one of the best. He's actually one of the sharpest real estate minds and deal. Like if somebody would I'd call like you're almost like a deal engineer or a deal ninja. And you could just take this and you find something and you just you can put a deal together uh, of this. And so he's just a, a wealth of resources. And I'm going to share him with everybody. Okay, but we are going to wrap it up. What is the next step, Jay? So if somebody is sitting here and going, you know what, I'm interested. I like what you've said so far. You know what, I, I believe it. I'm ready. I would like to at least have another conversation and one level deeper. What should somebody do? Yeah, well, I think we've got a link that we can share, Russ, yep. uh, you know, that people can just get. It, it really, it's a conversation, people. It's, uh, you know, again, uh, I am 100% willing to have a conversation and take my time and have a conversation with you and, and share with what I've done and with what we're doing. And like I say, the new construction part, I think after we have a conversation, you'll probably see the benefits of it. The, 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 probably the, the biggest hurdle that we need to overcome is actually twofold with people right now. And again, it boils down to a conversation. One is investing long distance, right? Most of our clients are long distance. They live in Toronto, Vancouver. We've got some stateside. We're actually dealing with a gentleman from uh, Dubai right now that's looking to invest internationally. So, you know, investing long distance, we do have the process down. It is safe. I need to explain how to people. Yeah, please do. Right? Please. You can, yeah, yeah you can only do time. so much on a website or uh, whatever. But and, and the second thing to that is the second part is, is why Edmonton, Russ? You know, I I can't sit here and, and you know absolutely put a stamp endorsement stamp on Edmonton that you guys are gonna make millions and we're gonna go through a boom like we did in 2007. I do have my prediction that we're going to see an uptrend market in Edmonton. I don't know how far that's going to go. I think it very well could ignite again, but it's going to take a couple of years, you know, uh, with some pipeline development and, and, and some structure coming. But, you know, all I can do on that note is provide you 
the people, the investors with the information that I seek for myself. And I'm going to let you guys make your own decision. Like I say, I'll connect the dots for you. And if you're comfortable with it, you know, away we go. Yeah. So, so maybe we'll save the conversation about out of town investing for another time. Um, but I'm going to tell you, you, you many a time you open up and you have uh, what you call what we famously call the F-150 tour where you will take somebody from out of town and you'll, you'll take around and you'll show them, you'll show them the area, you'll show them the options and you'll, you'll go right into the houses and you'll just take a look at them. Right. You know what I, uh, now that you're mentioning it, I would recommend like a, yeah. an F-150 tour. We've got it down to probably about three hours yeah. and it's just a really, you know what, we're going to pick up uh, some coffee and some crumpets and, and we're going to hit the road and we're going to look at some real estate. You know, and it's it's fun. I've literally done it hundreds of times, but you know, you're looking at new stuff all the time, and you know, uh, I think until you get in and you can touch and feel and smell and you can see and you can see that longer term picture, Russ, of where this actually house is coming from. Because sometimes I'm going to show you a piece of dirt with a canola field in it yet. You know, that's going to be developed next year, but we're putting deposits on it, and your house is actually going to be right about here. You know, uh, but it's just having that little bit longer term vision and understanding of this whole process and really making the end user comfortable with it. And uh, comfort is a beautiful thing. No, comfort I, and confidence are a beautiful thing. I hear it. Well, I'll tell you, I can guarantee you three things from the F-150 tour. Number one is when you shake Jason's hand, you'll never forget that experience. I will. I will that's all I'll say with that. Number two is you will laugh so hard over and have such a lot of fun that your belly will be, your abs will be sore the next day for about a week because it is a lot of fun. And number three, you will be blown away by the opportunities that you see. So those are the three things I can guarantee. So guys, bottom line is around where you're watching this, there will be some kind of a link to um, click on to if you're interested in taking the next step. Now, what is on this link, Jay? Is there some big obligation? I got to put up a thousand. I got to put up a you know ten thousand dollars. What what's what's on this link when people click on it? Nothing. It's it's basically uh, it's it's a landing page. I just want to know what you're interested in yep. and what you're seeking because a lot of people. I think everyone has their own ideas, and I'm not here to talk you into in or out of anything. Right. I just want to understand if there's a property type that you're interested in based on today's discussion, or if you want more information on it. This will just help us zero in and get you the information yep. that you need. Yeah, and you'll End be you'll be really honest if you can't help somebody. You'll be honest about it. Yep. Right. Yep. But uh, on the flip side, you know, a, a lot of that, we can't determine that until we actually have a conversation Absolutely. with people. Right. And, you know, that's that's the first step really is to, you know, understand what you're after. We can send you preliminary information to review. And you know what? In today's world, hey, everyone likes to, you know, go text and email. You know, like I say, full disclosure, I'm maybe a little more old fashioned. I'll, I'll text and email as best I can. But, you know, uh, the best way for me is just to hook up on a phone call you know, and it's say 15 minutes for the first phone call. And if, if we're still on the same page from there, you know, it's probably one more phone call to really start diving into, you know, opportunities and, and areas and stuff like that. And uh, it just forms from there. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a real life scenario. So I had a, I had a consultation with somebody and they were so set that they were told by a bank that they could not get another property. Okay. And I said, well, why don't you at least you know, and, but they were interested in Edmonton. And they said, why don't you at least have a conversation with the mortgage broker that Jason has? He's had a really good success. As a matter of fact, one of our clients got turned down for mortgages and this guy got him five. 
Okay. Um, I said, why don't you at least have a conversation? Had the conversation and lo and behold, he could qualify for another mortgage. So he's out. He made a trip to come out there. Jason, you got him into a really sweet um, side by a half duplex with suite. It's all, he closes on it. Sorry, closed on it today, yesterday. 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 Actually, sorry, Monday. Monday. On Monday. Yeah. He already had a tenant placed over a week ago before it even closed. He had a tenant on the property moving in right away. And the cool thing is now he's now out shopping it for a joint venture partner to buy into that property to free up his capital, go buy another place. So from from one phone call where he could not he couldn't see that any war property he could buy, he potentially is going to be buying two, maybe three, or maybe even grow it from there. So you just never know what this consultation, what it can lead to for your action. Okay. Which leads me back to my original context for this. There's education and there's action. If you are in the action mode and you want to move forward, Jason's your guy to call. So guys, last thing I'm going to say before I give the last word to Jay is where you're watching this, click on the link, fill out the little form, give Jason some indication of what you're looking for, and he can help you out. What's the final word you want to leave us with here, Jay? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Russ, is, is action. And, and, you know, we see it all the time. We see, you know, customers having consultation and almost getting, you know, analysis paralysis and almost sitting scared. And I mean, you know, at this COVID thing that we've gone through, we've all gone through it. And, you know, yeah, it scared the, the you know what out of all of us, right? It's, it's a real thing. But there is real opportunity that's being created from this in the rental market. Our, our rental market, you know, uh, you know, is actually growing here. There's, there's higher demand, but at the end of the day, folks, it's, it's really about action taking. And, you know, again, uh, my dad always told me, don't ever be scared to make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough, you know, but the most important thing, as long as we're learning from those. And I think this is where we can come in and really help people is, you know, I've made some some dumb mistakes in my life, and I've made some mistakes in real estate investing. Uh, but as I'm going, uh, you know, longer and longer into this, you 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 know how to deal with it, yeah. and and you're not making as many as mistakes. And if I can help people, you know, get on with their financial future uh, and not make those same mistakes, to me, that's what it's all about. You know. Uh, and relationships. I, you know, I, I love talking with people. I love going on F-150 tours and I, I love making friends. And you know what? There's nothing better than talking about real estate investments over a cold beer or two. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, Jay, I, I wanted to just, so I said I was going to give you the last word and then look at me jumping in, but I just wanted to offer you something. I just want to offer you, you know, just some profound love and respect and a heartfelt thank you for being one of my best friends and really helping people move forward. So I think that's a good place to leave it. So guys, thank you. Um, wherever thank you're watching you. this, there will be a link if you're interested in the next step, but stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. Okay, everybody. Bye for now. So did you get some information and some value from that uh, conversation? Did Edmonton pique your interest a little bit more than what you were before? Maybe you were just, you know, looking outside and looking over the border and you were just peeking in and uh, it was just going, you know, I, I've heard some rumors and I've heard some things and this was a little bit more information. Now, Jason has a wonderful treasure trove of information and details and knowledge and boots on the ground in the Edmonton marketplace. So we mentioned it a couple times throughout this video and podcast episode. 
that if you are interested in taking a look at this, uh, Jason has set up a few times in his calendar to help people out with some consultations, and he will walk you through no different than what we did in that presentation. He will walk you through the process to find out if this is right for you, if this is the right opportunity for you, and then he will match the right type of housing to, to what you are looking for. So he takes a really big holistic approach when he's helping investors invest in the marketplace. He's not a transaction-based guy. He's a relationship-based guy, and he's into it for the long term, and he's into it for the relationship over, the, over a lifetime, not just one or two transactions. So wherever you are watching this episode or listening to the podcast, around there, there will be a link if you want to take the next step and keep moving forward. All right, guys, Russell Westcott. Remember, I help real estate investors like you start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.